I'm just Malcolm Byron. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome in on a Tuesday morning, Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. 2023. I hope those of you who are celebrating in one way or another are ready for it. Good luck. Hope your reservations are made (laughs) if you're going out to eat tonight because there's a a pretty decent handful of places in town that I'm going to say you probably needed to be, uh, you probably needed to be signed up for that reservation a week ago. There's a few of them. At least. Yeah, there's a few of them. At least. Some some of which, some of which will be mentioned on Friday when we do our Munch Madness selection show. So, uh, so if you're, you know, if you're just, uh, ordering a pizza instead, that can be, uh, that can be good. You know, I know Valentino's does those heart shaped pizzas, although you probably have to be in early for those two. Like Valentine's Day really favors those who plan ahead just in terms of the actual date night. That's uh, that's that's something I've been able to glean here. Now, good news is, uh, like I, I am curious: do people? Is it like a regular regular deal post kids marriage that that people are still going out regularly for Valentine's Day? How often does that actually happen? Like, go out and and. Like I presume you're not doing anything like no. that tonight. No. no, there's a there's a basketball game tonight. There's a basketball work. game, but even if there was a basketball game, it's probably would probably be long shot. No, I mean we have a toddler, so going out to eat yeah. anyway is its own adventure, right? Um, right. Especially going out where you know there's probably going to be a wait and there's going to yeah things are going to be busy, but yeah. or finding a finding a sitter. Honestly, I can't remember the last time I went out on I, Valentine's. Day. I was just trying to think. If I've done that since we've had kids, I don't think we have. It's, it's I don't, much easier I don't to think just we have for, eight, for eighteen years. Uh, and we gotta bring we gotta bring the daughter to dance class tonight, and we got you know it's 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 just not happening. I like so to maybe cook, I like to cook at home. That's what I, I do. do. I, we do. We've done that a lot when we when we have done chicken parmesan right? in the air fryer. Nice. Ooh, chicken parm in the air fryer. I might yeah. have to get that recipe. Get get nice melty nice. On, that, on that cheese. Very good. I am. Uh, yeah. I. I cheddar head the, at heart. The <laughs> yeah, I, really a parmesan head. <laughs> I need a permanent spot on my counter for my instant pot in my air fryer now. Instead of pull them out of the cupboard constantly. Just more counter. I'm going. Yeah, I'm going to those. I need like a built-in instant pot and air fryer, like on my oven. Ooh. Has anybody thought of that? That'd be like a just a little on the sides, instant pot area. That'd be good. Like can, can sink, we ju- sinks in there. Can we just replace my microwave with the air fryer? Okay, that I'm not offering up. <laughs> that, not, I'm not gonna go that, that far. I'm not interested in that. I gotta <laughs> I gotta eat lunch every day still, and so that's that's important. So uh, anyway, that is uh, that is today. So hope everybody who is uh, like I said, those who observe. Hope they're enjoying it, and you're going to enjoy it during 
uh, what's going to look like uh, a mark mark a very rainy day throughout the day. We've already we've already got it here in the yeah, capital. It's raining. Uh, just posted the latest National Weather Service. It's going to be wet, windy today, and then turn wintry. Yeah. So you know, this is that one that could surprise us. This the, there's usually one. There's usually one where it instead of talking about it for a week in advance of it. You're sort of like uh, like the 24 hours of like, oh, yeah, well, maybe we're going to get something, and then all of a sudden it's here, and it's like, whoa, whoa, yep. I didn't know that this was in play. Maybe this is that one this year, Mark, because as you said, today it's still going to be you know warm enough. I mean, we're, we're at 44 degrees right now, and we're going up. I mean, we're going to be up to 50 degrees again today, so this is like a... Uh, it's like a late March, early April type situation that we've got out there today, where you're seeing yeah, a lot, a lot of rain. And what we, you got to remember is one county to the south, Gage County, down in your uh, palatial yep. vacation home, uh, Beatrice, Gage County has a winter storm watch that goes into effect at noon tomorrow through mm. noon Thursday. Well, I was uh, I was nosing around this morning at the National Weather Services hour by hour and and taking a look at what they're saying and and they've got uh, late afternoon tomorrow into the er, uh, overnight hours on Thursday and they are as I added up here they're talking about two uh, goodness sakes they're talking about three and a half inches of precipitation of of snow. Of, of not today. I'm talking about when, uh, Wednesday night into Thursday. Okay. Well, if you go to KLIN.com, just as uh, Fox News came on, I posted the latest National Weather Service. All of their maps uh, for this particular okay. event came I'm out about five thirty. Uh, I'm doing that. Okay. And and we've got uh, right here for the Lincoln area. It looks like about a fifty three percent chance of four or more inches of snow. What? On this. What? <laughs> wait, wait, wait! Oh, so we haven't been we haven't been hyping this thing. We've not been no. We've not been putting out the maps for a week on end. I haven't been no. getting rusty on to talk about this, and yet we are in the range of perhaps looking at the biggest snowfall that we've had here in Lincoln for three years. Let me also add: there's a thirty percent chance of six or more inches. What is going on? All of it. Give me all of it. What is going on? This is tom- this is tomorrow. This is tomorrow. Where's the hype? Where's so, the hysteria? All right, that's thirty percent for six. Where are the weird percentages? Because I know it always gets to like that outlier where there's like, well, there's a two percent chance you'll get a foot of snow. El- Albion has two percent chance of four or more. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, th- but th- that, those maps certainly... are, those maps are now available at klin.com. Well, that so. certainly would would be something we haven't <laughs> seen. And, I, and I'll tell you, you know, out of all of the the summaries that the Weather Service has published this year, this is the longest. This is ten pages long. Really? Yeah. Like, but like, imagine I don't know what the exact number is, but if we got two inches, I think that might be still your biggest snow in three years. I can't remember if we quite eclipsed that. For a single snow last winter, I don't think we did, um, and I know we haven't this year. So yeah, if you're getting like two, two and a half inches, that would do it. Yep, that would do it. Biggest snow in three years, in, and, in, or, or for two winters. And least. you know, we were in the low 60s yesterday. Uh, that was great. Tomorrow, uh, tonight we're going to have a low of uh, 28. Tomorrow night, 12, and Thursday night into Friday, it's going to be. 
Three degrees. All right. So it looks to me like, uh, Caleb, my hopes of sitting out in the garage and listening to Husker baseball Friday night, uh, barring some kind of a heater situation, not quite looking. What's as... the uh, what's the ventilation like in that garage? Can we get? I the, mean, you uh... leave the garage door open and it's great. <laughs> I'm just gonna see if we can get the fire pit going, but <laughs> we set it right out the the front. I don't think we quite want to uh, no. do that in the garage, but <laughs> but yeah. Well, b- back in the uh, b- in uh, in the COVID days, when rem- remember, uh, like during the the fall of 2020, when people were starting to you know get together, but outside or like late summer, but the fall was coming, and you were realizing you're not gonna be able to get together late outside. I bought this like. I bought this like propane powered blast heater thing mm-hmm. to b- just blow warm air in my garage. So I guess I do still have that. I I bought that. I used it a few times when we had like get togethers. We 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 uh, put football games up and stuff in the garage and and that sort of thing. And then I kind of forgot that I had it. So maybe maybe that's a possibility there. But anyway, yeah, it looks like it could be something kind of significant there on Thursday. Now. Now that we're talking about it, though, <laughs> you know what's what we just set in motion, Mark. We just we just dwindled it down to about uh, four tenths of an inch, just by talking about it in Lincoln, at least. All right, most likely. So we will. Well, uh, if you want to experience the big one, why don't you go to your vacation home tonight? Yeah, maybe I can do the show the next go two out days. There, from do Beatrice. some snowshoeing around Beatrice. Um, on a, uh, on a serious note, if you weren't following the national news last night, uh, a, a multiple shootings at Michigan State University, mm-hmm. and I was following this, um, um, actually until they, I found out that the shooter, uh, had taken his own life because he was at large for something like three hours or so on the campus of Michigan State, creating a lot of concern. What we know this morning, we'll have more on this in the sound up, but what we know this morning, uh, is that the shooter did, in fact, take his own life. Uh, the police, the campus police, had a briefing in the middle of the night where they did say uh, it was a man, uh, a, a black man who, in his 40s that had no apparent connection to Michigan State whatsoever, um, to the university itself at least whatsoever, and so they had nothing at all on a on a motive or why something like that would happen. Three people are deceased. You still have a number of people who are injured as well, uh, some of which are critical condition, life-threatening life, uh, conditions right now. And uh, videos all over the place last night on the Internet of, of students clearing out of dorms and academic halls and then just, you know, obviously concerned because that's a very big campus. Um, it's a very big campus physically. And obviously, in terms of the number of the students as well, and there was just several hours there where he was still at large and people were wondering, okay, where is he? What's next with this whole thing? So that is what we know is that the the threat at this point, as of about 10, 30, 11 o'clock central last night, was neutralized of his own doing. And we don't know a whole lot more, as often seems to be the case, about why he did this, what connection he has, why he chose Michigan State, um, and and it's uh, another one of those scary situations. So uh, definitely thoughts to, to Michigan State, our brethren in the Big Ten tonight, and they're shutting down their campus for 48 hours, essentially, essentially no classes, no activities, no sports, nothing 
going on there for at least the next 48 hours there as they continue the investigation and deal with the aftermath of that. So if you heard a little bit about that last night and wondered what the latest on that there that is. Locally, Mark, beyond that, what are your top headlines? Well, I'll get to that in just a minute because Nikki Haley just announced she is running for president in a Twitter release. Okay. So she's in. Which we we knew that was coming, but now it's official. Now it's official. A city council, uh, some protests on the... uh, Native American uh, lands, a development out by um, Wilderness Park. Uh, a new tactic, you know, when you uh, address the council, you have a five-minute uh, opportunity for public comment. And there were several people that uh, they've, they've been claiming that the city, uh, the mayor, have been silencing them on this issue. So they got up there and stood in silence for the five minutes. So it was kind of a... Uh, a different sort of uh, pro- a silent protest, if you will, before the council. Yeah. So ten people, ten people spoke at the council yesterday on this, or or didn't speak, or didn't speak. At least came up during during that time and uh, essentially made made the argument in in various forms and but d- that the 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 community had been silenced, uh, as you said, with this uh, reflections on kind of the history of colonizations and and the stripping of land um one of the one of the protesters or the the people who was testifying said that the developer might have the title but wanted the the council to consider the history of taking land from native americans for for profit they're asking for more they want the council the mayor or the attorney meet with these advocates and uh, have some more discussions when it comes to this um, and so that's, uh, that, that's basically what you've got right now, uh, here on, on this whole thing. Also, and, 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 and the ACLU, the legal policy counsel for the ACLU testified too. And the, the argument or the suggestion essentially is, is that the city reverse its action at this point. Although can you do that? I mean, the ordinance has been signed at this point. They're in effect. Uh, I suppose, I mean, I suppose they could action, take action to do that, but the development process has begun on that land. Yep. Now, at that point, I, is is that bell unringable realistically now at this point? I don't know the answer for sure, but there are certainly some questions about that, too. Yep. Also, action at the council, uh, final approval to up to $4.5 million in uh, COVID-19 aid uh, for the youth uh, sports complex. That was approved yesterday. Okay. All right. So that is moving toward actually happening as well and uh, the, would be a very significant project out there by and, oak lake and as we talked about yesterday lb 575 uh education committee uh senator kathleen Couts sports and spaces bill a lot of testimony uh pro opponents and proponents on the sports and spaces all right there we go uh yeah that will be that will be a big emotional issue in terms of of uh of testimony here going forward in committee and then if it gets out of committee as well so that's what we got going on uh nebraska men's basketball tries to stay hot tonight with a trip to rutgers Mm -hmm. who's one of the i think i believe only two ranked teams in the big 10 right now are left rutgers is one of them no they just fell out yesterday oh they're they're receiving votes they're not ranked right now okay they were yeah last week they were one of two yep now I don't know if anybody else has, has bounced in here at this point into the rankings. Indiana's been pretty hot lately, so they may have. But uh, Rutgers, for a while, Rutgers looked kind of like they were 
they were the main team that was above the clump of teams in the Big Ten right. as the number two team, but they've cooled off just a little bit. And so Nebraska goes to Piscataway. Yeah, you just have the two. Just Nebraska, or excuse me. Purdue at three, Indiana at 14. Indiana's the other one ranked now, because they've been very hot lately. Um, Then you have uh, Northwestern is receiving votes, Illinois receiving votes. So in the order, they would be 27, 28. um, And then you have Maryland and Rutgers are a ways down. Iowa's receiving votes, too. And it's still kind of this clump of teams, with the exception of, of Purdue at the top and... You know, Minnesota and maybe Ohio State at the bottom. Mm -hmm. It's a huge clump of teams in the middle at this point (laughs) where it feels like they're all sort of tied in some way at at third place. Now, Nebraska's toward the bottom of that. But Nebraska, frankly, I mean, you you look, they got a shot at a decent shot, especially with tiebreakers of passing Wisconsin and and Penn State Mm -hmm. down the road, the two teams that are ahead of them and maybe getting out of the first day of that Big Ten tournament. Uh, But that'll be a challenge tonight. Uh, if Nebraska could somehow pull something off, that would really make this season start to look interesting. But if you don't have uh, reservations, you don't have reservations at the restaurant, eh, go uh, go turn on Kent and Jake and uh, listen to Nebraska basketball with your sweetheart. There's a lot it's of ro- a- there's a lot of room to move up. Like there there is. I mean, it's it's so so. There's so many things that still could happen, just in terms of how the conference ends up and everybody seating, right? Two like, through nine are one game apart, right? Yeah, yes. It's crazy how tight this conference is. This work year. yourself into that mix, and you've got wins over Wisconsin, wins over Iowa. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Who knows? All right, it's 626. We will take a break. we got sports coming up next. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Severe weather means interruptions. Check closings and cancellations anytime at KLIN.com. I'll just Malcolm Byron. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. Uh, I forgot to give you a little preview of the show today. Uh, Joe Jordan going to join us at 710 today. A lot of issues, Nebraska news and politics to get into with him. And then during the 8 o'clock hour, we actually have, uh, we normally have uh, scheduled to have Jason Ball and John Baylor both join us. Uh, They both had conflicts. Sometimes that happens. And it's good, though, because Caleb and I needed some time before Friday uh, to have some some time to sit down with you guys and discuss some things about Munch Madness. Uh, we want to make sure you continue uh, to feel like you've got the ownership of Munch Madness as the listeners. And it always comes up in the days before Munch Madness, some questions about the rules for who can and who can't qualify. Okay. Oh, we even had a text earlier this morning from Southern Snow on the Rick's Did we? Okay. Text line. And so we are going to... We are going to have those discussions. We are going to seek your input. There are close calls. This isn't going to this isn't going to impact a big chunk of the field. Most of the field is very clear whether or not they are in or out. But there's uh, on the fringe, there's probably somewhere between 5 and 10 places maybe in that range, maybe a little bit more that would be impacted 
on our decision about what the qualification requirement is geographically and what the qualification requirement is when it comes to our definition of the word local, because that has been what Much Madness has transitioned to, and that is kind of our normal format now, 64 local restaurants and how exactly we define that. So there are a few things we want to run by you. There are a few things we want your opinion on as well. And and we did this last year, and it was helpful. And, and, and that way, that way when it comes up on Friday, which it undoubtedly will come up on Friday on mm-hmm. one of those two issues, we say, we make sure we say, hey, we have taken it to our council of listeners. Mm-hmm. We've, we've heard what they've had to say. They've made their arguments. They've done a good job of sort of uh, working through the outcomes of doing some of these things. And we are well prepared. And you guys have made the decision with us. So yep. if you have a vested interest whatsoever in Munch Madness, be listening during that eight o'clock hour because we have some things to discuss, some things to finalize, some final. T's to, T's to cross and I's to dot or I's to dot and T's to cross uh, before we actually get to this. Count them three days, three days from right now, uh, and and maybe and 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 we're already starting to the bracket isn't even out and we're already starting to get the blowback. It's amazing, and so I'm already arguing on Caleb Facebook can with maybe yeah maybe maybe Caleb can can go through that we can <laughs> we can maybe even address the most common the most common complaints that we'll we'll be dealing with at this week next time without a doubt <laughs> one week from that night now that is going to be our lives is taken on that now uh, there is a silent huge majority who uh, love it and don't and get upset about get it what we're and doing get it and 100 percent get it but it's a loud minority who likes to complain about it and make a big deal about it on social media but we are ready we are ready to answer those questions uh, all right, let's uh, jump into our sound off today, and I do want to start uh, in East Lansing, Michigan, with the update. I, I gave you the latest that we knew, but a little bit more here straight from the national reporter on this, Brooke Singman. Police are revealing that the suspected shooter did not have any affiliation to the university. Authorities also confirming that he was found dead from the self-inflicted gunshot wound off campus. His name has not yet been released to the public. Police say the first shots were fired around 8.18 p.m. on the north end of campus inside Berkey Hall before opening fire at the MSU Union Student Center. Deceased victims were found inside each building. Police say both buildings were easily accessible to the public and did not require any special access. The shelter-in-place order has been lifted for Michigan State University's students and the surrounding community, but classes and campus activities have been suspended for 48 hours. A um, couple things uh, about this. Just to, to repeat, the the man was in his 40s. The shooter was, was in his 40s, and there was... Um, the, the authorities, there's a press conference in the middle of the night where the authorities said there was no known connection to Michigan State University. Um, obviously, the first thought is maybe it's a, a student there or someone who's aggrieved in some way because of the university. There wasn't anything obvious because of that. They've not released a, a name at this point. I suspect that'll be happening uh, in the coming hours with this whole thing. But, you know, as as always happens, there's Never an explanation that necessarily satisfies you, but there are a lot of questions as to why, and we don't know a lot about this right now. So, again, terrible, terrible scenario, scary scenario uh, there in Michigan State University last night, and one that 
uh, obviously one an area now I've never been there but I, I know probably some of the people who are listening are who have been there now the big the Michigan State is is in the Big Ten and so uh, giving a lot of thoughts out there to our to our brethren in the in the Big Ten um, still a lot of talk about UFOs guys now that we had we had the statement yesterday on the show that came from I think it was spokespeople from the Pentagon who wouldn't rule out extraterrestrial activity, which is still, <laughs> it's just still surreal that there was actually a a statement that was made that was saying we're not ruling out aliens or extraterrestri- extraterrestrial activity. That happened over the weekend. Now, they, they, they had a uh, press briefing yesterday at the White House, and Biden's press... Uh, uh, press secretary, uh, what's her name? Kara Jean Sapier. I'm sorry, I don't know her exact name right now. She's still relatively new. We but... could go through and run off all like 14 press secretaries for Trump. Yeah, it takes a while to like, know him. She's still she's still like somewhat new, but she said she like started out her discussion about it yesterday by saying there is no evidence that there that this was connected. To any sort of alien or extraterrestrial situation, have have you ever seen extraterrestrial right, evidence? Right. So, Would you know what that looks like? I, I, that still doesn't sound like it rules it out <laughs> completely. The Pentagon saying we're not ruling anything out, but you had the White House coming out and saying we at least want to address that there is nothing that is indicating that what that this is what it would be. So we like you haven't found any like I don't even think they've gotten to the Yukon to start cleaning this thing up. Mm-mm. And the other ones at the bottom of Lake Huron, I don't know where the one in Alaska ended up exactly, how remote that is and how difficult it is to get to. But it doesn't sound like yeah. uh, <laughs> I mean, let's just be careful guaranteeing things about about this whole thing. But well, and that, that's what the question we've asked people on the KLIN poll of the week this week. Oh, what's that? What? What are the UFOs being observed over the past few weeks? Are they foreign spies? Are they all weather balloons? Are they aliens? And the, what are the what is the what right now? Think? The most are saying foreign spies, and then aliens, then weather balloons. So definitely not weather balloons. That is really out there. No, yeah, we're we're no yeah, balloons. Yeah, definitely. Uh, all right, a little bit more from the uh, the Pentagon on this. The Pentagon says the objects they shot down this weekend over North America are very different in nature than the Chinese spy balloon shot down off the coast of South Carolina. And I want to reassure Americans that these objects do not present a military threat to anyone on the ground. They do, however, present a risk to civil aviation and potentially an intelligence collection threat. And we'll get to the bottom of it. Unlike the spy balloon, which U.S. intelligence was tracking, these objects were much smaller, flying much lower, and were not being steered and posed a threat to U.S. civilian aircraft. I heard one interview with someone who was in intelligence and and, you know, he was he was clarifying that the the spy actions between the United States and China are very robust in a lot of ways. They are happening. They are happening significantly. And uh, essentially, the the thought was: look, there are there are multiple multiple ways that we know that China is spying or trying to spy on the United States. And whatever this is, whatever's happening with this, if that's what the case is, this would not be in the 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 top group of the most 
concerning Mm -hmm. in terms of the information that they would be able to access this way. I guess if you know, I mean, assuming you know what their information they're accessing or what they're doing with it, which you don't exactly. I mean, just assuming you know what the technology is. Like, is there something, is there a way you can be up there and interrupt cell signals? Is that a thing? Is that a possible? I I don't know. I I don't know the answer to that. Are there things? Is that, that what's knocking out Twitter every now and then? The last over the last week. Are there things that being lower allows you to have some capability that the satellites that they've got that are doing these things are unable to do because there's satellites that are doing a lot of the things aerially from a spy perspective already. Are you yeah able to pick up some of those low range frequencies? Yes, yeah, that is, is the to me that seems like the Listen, if I really had to speculate, which I'm probably not the person to do it, but yeah, it's it it seems like that would be the biggest concern is picking up some sort of some sort of frequencies and intercepting communications mm-hmm. with something like this because it's not like it's getting photos that they couldn't get, I don't think. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I just I think I think they got enough satellite imagery that they've they've got access to that that wouldn't be the benefit of this. And so you try and think what else would you want to be up in the sky for? Exactly. And and to me that's the first thing that I think of, but or maybe it is aliens at this point. Uh all right, and then uh you've got people in Congress, Democrats and Republicans, who are saying, Hey, we're just we're learning about this stuff in the news. We'd like to get some update on exactly what you guys are thinking what you're finding when you're you're getting to these places what is going on here exactly lawmakers on both sides had raised concerns over how information was being relayed to them some noting that they were learning more from news reports on tv than the biden administration directly so the focus of today's briefing will be on the three objects so far unidentified that have been shot down over alaska canada and lake huron since friday those followed the initial february 4th takedown of a chinese spy craft while our colleague fox news's lucas tomlinson cites u.s officials in a tweet yesterday writing that the f-16 that shot down the unknown object over Lake Huron actually missed on its first attempt in that it's not clear where the first missile landed. Lucas notes that each one cost over $400,000. Oh, they missed? Wait, really? I think I, I joked earlier about what I expected to be the relative ease of shooting down a defenseless but small object that is not moving particularly fast, I would presume, from what I've been able to glean about this so far. I, I'm currently having the same conflicted feelings I have when Nebraska rifle beats our army. It's the, there's a little bit of joy that we're having the conversation slight fear on what that means <laughs> they uh they, they said they didn't use like gun munitions because it that had a higher possibility of like there being shrapnel coming uh-huh. back from that apparently and doing doing damage and and potentially compromising the safety of the pilots in that situation so they use these so these use these missiles but 400 grand a piece for these missiles holy cow Expensive missiles. Yeah. They're, they're, um, sorry, I missed. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, so remember, oh man, this was a long time ago, like 15, 13 years ago. 
when there was some big changes made to the the nutritional value of the school lunches that kids were eating this was like a big topic and it was under it was when obama was president mm-hmm. and michelle obama was kind of a champion yeah. for this whole thing and then you had a lot of parents saying all right the kids aren't getting enough food at this point and the kids were saying a lot of this stuff is is really gr- i remember my son was going for, through this and he <laughs> complained a lot about the whole thing but it looks whether or not it was the right thing to do overall. It looks like it at least had one of the intended consequences that they hoped it would. The study of fourteen thousand school children, five to eighteen years old, finds their body mass index went down slightly every year after the implementation of the Healthy Hunger Free Kids Act of twenty ten. That increased the amount of fruits, vegetables, and whole grains required in school meals. The study in the journal JAMA Pediatrics finds the BMI loss was seen in teenagers old enough to buy a la carte school lunches and snacks. The Agriculture Department announced this month updates to school meal standards. Chris Foster, Fox News. Well, yeah, Interesting. That's a funny thing. From having two kids who have transitioned from elementary school to middle school now, your the choices become very significantly different in middle school mm-hmm. in terms of what you can get. And so you have a lot better chance at not really uh, following any kind of strenuous dietary guidelines once you're in middle school at that point. So... For whatever that's worth. Yeah, I think the the and that's the part about who can like who can afford what at lunch when you talk about the a la carte and um especially if you have students that are on the free and reduced lunch mm-hmm. plan and um then yeah, they're kind of just at the whim of what the school is serving. Yeah. Versus yeah. some of those other options, I remember going through and being like, "Yeah, that was that was pretty good," but also there's two slices of pizza I can add on here too. Yeah, they used to. I'm pretty sure they used to. Have, maybe I can't remember if it was Godfather's or Val's, but every, when I was in high school, every day they just had a stack of pizzas <laughs> from those. Was, I think I had a piece of pizza almost every what? day for lunch, and then and then there was an ice cream machine, so then I would get ice cream with it too. Like every like ever or. And then by the we time, were just happy to add chips and salsa, okay? And then by the time I was old enough, we had open campus. I think when you were, I don't remember, I think your sophomore year or when you were 16, you could you could do that. And then it was just like a rotation between Amigos and Runza and McDonald's <laughs> and Greg's Drive-In and the uh, East Park Food Court. That was always a big one. East Park Food Court. If you were really aggressive, you drove all the way over to Tasty In and Out, but you knew you had a chance of being late for your next class over there at Lincoln East. But I don't think we were hitting the nutritional guidelines when we were doing that. But I do remember almost every value meal at all those places. Oh, the other one we went to is Metal Lane Vows to Go. But I do remember you needed two ninety. Almost every value meal cost two ninety nine when I was doing that in the mid nineties, and so I remember. You needed three eighteen because that was With the, the tax. tax. So I would have three dollars and eighteen cents exactly in my pocket most mm-hmm. of those days because almost all the places I would go was going to cost three dollars and eighteen cents. Yep. So it sounds pretty low now, doesn't it? Uh Super Bowl, Super Bowl ratings. How many people were watching the Super Bowl bunch. on Sunday? It was a lot, not quite the most ever, but uh just suffice it to say, uh 
People you know are probably watching it. This year's Super Bowl contest between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs brought in an average audience of 113 million viewers on Fox. That's up 1% from last year. But it didn't quite bring in the audience that the New England Patriots and Seattle Seahawks did in 2015 with 114.4 The Fox reported numbers are based on Nielsen's time zone adjusted fast nationals. Last year, when the Los Angeles Rams bested the Cincinnati Bengals, grabbed an average of 112 million viewers. While the halftime show, led by Rihanna, grabbed 118.7 million viewers. Michelle Polino, Fox News. What was the deal with the Patriots and the Seahawks that year? I mean, it turned out to be a really good game. I guess that was part of it, but I wonder what the deal with that one. I mean, by that time... Patriots had already had the streak of being in it constantly. Right. Were people was, just kind of... Was it the Seahawks? Was there something Was about it a that? little Patriots fatigue and then also just like not a lot of interest in Seattle? As I recall, that was the Katy Perry halftime show with the Sharks. With the, Oh, Left Shark, Right Le- Shark? Yeah, Left Shark, Right Shark. I'm pretty sure that was that mm-hmm. was part of that show. I also remember there was a big snowstorm that year in Lincoln, so and maybe other parts of the country, and that made more people who were doing it. And uh, last but not least, we finally officially say goodbye to one of the longtime stalwarts in our tech life, in our internet browsing life. We knew it was coming, but it still hits pretty hard. Internet Explorer has now been fully (laughs) taken off your Windows machine. Microsoft announced it last year, but this week they've sent an update to their Windows software that permanently shuts down their famed Internet Explorer browser. It will require you to use at least their newer offering called Microsoft Edge. Though third-party apps like Chrome or Firefox still work, the software update also brings changes to the Edge browser, which will now better integrate with Microsoft's search engine Bing, which itself began integrating artificial intelligence, allowing users to ask it questions and for it to generate more tailored results. Eben Brown, Fox News. Question. Does anyone use Edge? No. Like, I... Uh... I'm always like, the. I opened it in my office the other day because Chrome wouldn't open. Uh-huh. So I ended up using it. And then I realized, I was like, man, this has no, like, auto-completes on any website I've ever gone to. I've never, never actually used this thing. I said Windows Explorer. I meant Internet Explorer. You know what I meant. Yeah. You remember that? You remember that little thing in the top right hand when the, the E would start moving? I mean, it was in college, the early days of the Internet, it was always Internet Explorer or Netscape Navigator, uh-huh. one or the other, which was the... Which was the better browser at that point? Then Firefox came along a little bit shortly after that, mm-hmm. and then uh, it's been a while after that that Google Chrome. And so I, I still, for whatever reason, still continue to, go to Chrome all the time. Chrome's but, what I use. Yeah. Uh, all right, there you go. I think that is all we got today for you during the sound off. Got Joe Jordan coming up in fifteen minutes, so you don't want to miss that from News Channel Nebraska. Take a break right now, though. It's LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 44 degrees in the capital city. Going to be a rainy one today, and that snow possibility is looking like tomorrow night, overnight, Wednesday into Thursday morning. And listen, you're kind of tentative to say anything at this point, but it's looking like it might be significant for what would be considered significant over the last two years, which 
doesn't take much to get there. We'll have more on that coming up in the morning drive. Got Joe Jordan, though, coming up after news. It is 7 o'clock on KLIM Lincoln. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings and welcome in 709 on your Tuesday morning, Valentine's Day. We do have 44 degrees, but rain in the area and rain likely continuing throughout the area into the late afternoon or early evening and that's before looks like we may have some snow coming in uh, about 24 36 hours from right now and we'll start seeing that overnight wednesday night into thursday right now though it's time talk to joe jordan news channel nebraska about things going on nebraska news and politics good morning joe how are you doing today I'm good, Jack. Real good. Thank you. Do you, do you. Have you guys had a uh, just random weather question? Have you guys had you? You guys haven't had a whole lot more snow than we have in Lincoln. It's been a pretty snowless winter for you too. Yes. In yeah. fact, I think it was no oh, ten days, two weeks ago. We were there were expectations we were going to get like. I mean, first to start out, it was two to four. Then it jumped to six to eight, and then there were questions of nine or ten. And I think we got like a, an inch. Yeah. <laughs> We had that like three times this year here. Yeah, yep. And and so they're talking about another one now. Uh, Wednesday night and Thursday night, and it's become kind of like a boy who cried wolf situation here. But we'll see. We'll yeah. see. It, it feels like we are actually due to to get something. So maybe this is this is actually the one. Uh, all right, uh, marijuana and and bills in various forms uh, came up at the legislature. Uh, at the end of last week, and uh, obviously is something that's been coming up the legislature for years, but with no success by those who have put forward the bills, and then they have also not had success getting their ballot initiatives to the ballots for all manner of reasons here at this point. Uh, but this year, I did see that you've got you've got a little bit of a variety of different bills. You've got the typical, and I'm not saying it's the exact same bill, but just in terms of the stated purpose, legalizing medical marijuana, and then there's also one that's about decriminalization, and I think there's also one about legalizing recreational marijuana. Is this a bigger, do you know, is this a bigger variety of 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 bills that we see on this issue than usual? Is it usually just the discussion about medical marijuana in the years that this has become kind of the normal uh, annual discussion? Well, I think those others have been discussed. I mean, the, the medical marijuana has, has been a bill for quite some time now, or if not a bill, they just decided to go full, full out on the petition drive to get it on the ballot. There's been talk of decriminalization. Uh, there's been talk uh, before about going to full-blown recreational uh, legalization of marijuana, but I, I'm pretty sure this is the first time we've had all those in, in bills actually uh, being discussed in the legislature itself. Uh, I, f- I find it interesting that uh, the recreational marijuana, first of all, I, I can't imagine that that gets I'm, I'll be surprised if it gets out of committee. Right. Uh, if, if it does, I can't imagine it goes anywhere on the floor, but in my mind, this is always set up uh, well for those who, who propose medical marijuana because if there is a quote-unquote fear of, of, of the growing use of marijuana in Nebraska, it's on the recreational side. Uh, that's the real concern. I mean, that's why people want to stop at the medical side. They're concerned it's going to become recreational, and, and, and that's, their big, that's, their, you know, that's their big concern. 
I, I think what you're going to see, though, eventually, it, it, assuming assuming nothing passes, nothing gets through the legislature, there's no medical marijuana, there's no decriminalization, there's no uh, clearly no recreational use of marijuana. I, I, I am convinced, I think we've talked about this before, but I'm convinced that, that the next, you're, you're going to see, a, there's going to be a petition drive along with medical marijuana. I think there's going to be a petition drive for recreational marijuana, or if not that, at least a threat, because mm-hmm. I think that threat might get medical marijuana through uh, the legislature. I still think it's a long shot, uh, but if you're if you're wondering, you know, well, there's going to be a petition drive. Uh, maybe we should just go ahead and allow medical marijuana. The flip side of that is that uh, if medical marijuana goes through, there's still going to be a petition drive probably for recreational marijuana because they're going to want to take that next step because that's that's where the quote-unquote big money is at in the, in the, in the marijuana sales world. Uh, so uh, I, I, think, I think, first of all, we've not seen nearly the end of these petition drives. Uh, I think they're just sort of, in, in many respects, just warming up. Uh, you know, one was obviously canceled out because of a sort of a legal technicality. The second was, in, in some respects, another legal technicality was not enough uh, not enough counties in the state had signed the petitions. So uh, it, this is just warming up. And I think the last time I looked, and it may have been bumped up a couple, I think 33, 35 states have legalized medical marijuana. Uh, and so it, this is not going away anytime soon. It's been interesting because, and, and maybe they've said this before, but some of the proponents of this, I think including Senator Wishart, some of the people who testified, were very clear that says, hey, if the legislature doesn't act, we're going forward with with this on a, a petition. And perhaps that, hey, you, you're probably going to have uh, a petition drive that's got something that you really don't want, alluding to the recreational marijuana thing. I, I mean, I, I think that's always been part of the argument, but maybe they're being, I don't know, do, does that seem a little bit more forward on actually using that argument during the this part of the legislative process to you? Well, I, you know, I guess the question is, does it help? I mean, because yeah. uh, then the question well, it is, hasn't. if, if, if I mean, you have a petition drive, why should we legalize it, you know, through the legislature? You're going to have a petition drive anyway, so let's see if you can be successful with, with the petition drive. Um, uh, it, it, it seems to me that in the end, the, the, there's going to be at least one, if not more than one petition drive, whether it's, you know, medical marijuana certainly if it doesn't pass the legislature and then recreational marijuana i think is still likely in the next uh, going into 2024 to try to get that on the ballot as well um I, you know i just can't imagine how this issue goes away uh you watch these hearings and uh you know people make that they raise the same concerns they have for years that they could go to another state uh you know get medical marijuana for their 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 son their daughter their whatever uh and then and they feel it's 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 effective and it's it's helpful and they come back to nebraska and then they can't and then you know will people leave nebraska because of that i don't know that that's been the case so much but um it just seems like the 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 fences are closing in to be honest with you yeah uh, i'm i'm curious and 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 i maybe you don't know exactly but if there are like i wondered okay are are if there are uh, if there's a push for a petition when it comes to uh, medical marijuana, one that comes from a push from uh, recreational marijuana, like are those coming from different entities? Are they people who are trying to get, uh, you know, get you to sign both of them at the same time? What do you think the most likely scenario 
for for something like that, or is it they're, they're two completely different signature drives uh, for this thing? My guess is there'll be two completely different signature drives on paper, but in reality, I think you I, you could certainly see uh, groups like that, you know, melting together so that they, you know, if if, if you're on the recreational side, yeah, and you know where the you know where the person in your county is going to circulate petitions for medical marijuana. They're out there together. That wouldn't surprise me in the least. You know, I, I thought it was interesting uh, during her testimony. Senator Wishart made it made it very clear that if this bill doesn't pass, it's not because be, be, I think she said it's not going to be because of lack of compromise. Right. They they believe that they have done everything possible to make this as palatable to the opponents of, uh, of medical marijuana as they can. Uh, any number of vari- a variety of uh, changes or uh, safeguards. I, I know someone asked the question during the uh, during the hearing, you know, can I can I chew a marijuana gummy and drive my car at the same time? And, you know, her answer to that was no, or if not, wasn't if I may be misquoting her, someone else may have said it, but the answer was no, you can't do that. Um, so I think they're trying to get all those, you know, whatever argument you've got, uh, we're trying to contain this to people who need medical marijuana for medical purposes. And the, and the fallback from the opponents for, for quite some time now has always been, it's not FDA approved, mm-hmm. you know, we're yeah. not going to go unless it's FDA approved, uh, despite the fact that all these other states have gone gone that way regardless. Well, it hasn't, and, and if, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the president has directed or has asked for that to happen um at the federal level it hasn't yet but that sounds like something the biden administration is trying to move toward and be because that has been a key argument i feel i believe in your article you even went back to an interview you did with uh then governor pete ricketts a while back and that was his that was his main argument on this correct that's right yeah his point was that without that research being done by the fda uh you know we're not going to we're not going to go that route. I thought it was curious in going back and into the future. You know, when COVID came up, the FDA right. could do no do nothing right. Yeah. But but for medical marijuana, I guess it's yeah. different. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, but the bottom line is, you know, the bottom line is the specter of a ballot initiative has not scared the legislature into passing this before. Um, and so right. I don't, you know, I don't know why that would be. That would be different this year. I mean, you'd more li- be more likely to get traction on what what Wishart and others are, have have definitely claimed over and over again. They've said it's the most conservative um, medical marijuana bill, or would be the most conservative medical marijuana law in the country. And so, to hopefully get supporters from that, maybe the new makeup of the legislature is beneficial to them. Although I don't, I don't know that that would would be the case. Um, but it's not. I don't know. I just don't. The, the petition thing just hasn't been motivational to people in the past. It's a little hard to see why it would be this year at this point. Yeah, I don't think it's a. I don't think the petition drive is a fear factor. Yeah, uh, for those for those who oppose it, they just, <laughs> you know uh, they're not they're not going to vote for it because they're afraid of a petition I mean, drive. They're, so let's be honest, Joe. A petition drive hasn't scared the legislature on any issue uh, <laughs> because there's a whole bunch. I mean, there's all kinds of times where they reject, reject, reject something, and then ends up going to a petition drive on issues all over the spectrum, and then they get passed. And it just that's never been a motivating factor for whatever reason for this legislature to kind of take control of an issue before the voters get to a petition drive. And it's hard to see to me why this year why that would be any different with this whole thing. The the only other thing is, and I don't know what the Omaha area is like, but but Joe in Lincoln, it feels like 
every block that you go down, there is a new <laughs> shop that is selling what is legal, um, which which are are THC substances that have a psychoactive effect that have kind of been, uh, I think, okayed throughout the farm bill and some of the hemp harvesting laws that are gone in, and they are they are THC. I'm not an expert enough to tell you what the exact difference between marijuana is and those sorts of things, but I know they have THC on them, and I'm aware that they can. You take enough of it, and it'll screw you up quite quite a bit as well. I, I always wonder, like, I hear the arguments that were made at that hearing, and I was like, did people realize that, that this is out there all over the place in Nebraska right now, and I'm not sure how significantly different it is than if marijuana was everywhere out there in Nebraska? I, I think the question that you hear, if this, whenever the subject comes up about these shops, the question I always hear, and I don't really have the answer, to be honest with you. So what's the difference between that and just, you know, can I just take, you know, reams of that, and then I'll get high, and, and you know, I... I just hit my head against the wall because it does seem crazy that you've got all these. Because as you said, in Omaha is no different. You can't drive two, three blocks. They're without, everywhere without seeing one. Somebody, uh, must, some people must be. Somebody somewhere is buying a ton of that stuff. Because you know, there was a Starbucks on every corner. Yes, <laughs> I mean there everywhere. are people taking that all over the place. Yeah, and and it's THC. I mean that's the that is the psychoactive part of marijuana. So, yeah. I, uh, you know, I agree with you. Yeah, uh, it, it baffles me. It's the, the argument. Some of the arguments just don't feel like they hold the same water than they did prior to that being really everywhere in, in Lincoln and Omaha. It sounds like at least uh, real quick before we before we call it good. I did want to talk about this, too. So there is some discussion about whether every hearing should be televised and then held in video accessibility for posterity. Uh, with the legislature at these committee hearings. We've had some big ones, which I think some of them you could watch live. But w- what is the current status on what is available via video for legislative hearings? Well, first of all, any hearing or legislative debate, anything on the floor, it's live on uh, Nebraska public media now. Okay. And and has been for, for years. Okay. But... So there's a hearing at 1.30 in the afternoon before the Judiciary Committee, and it lasts until 4 o'clock. I, I come home from work, and I go, hey, I wonder what the Judiciary Committee did today on that bill I was interested in. Well, there's no depository for it. There's oh, no there's no on-demand is what you're saying. You watch right. it live, but not on-demand. Yes. Okay. And so you can't, you can't get it. Uh, this bill that was actually uh, the uh, quote-unquote brainchild, I'm sure that they they probably took the idea from zillions of other states because many other states do this. The Platt Institute in Omaha uh, a few years ago said, you know, we want, we think this should be available. There should be a library for all these hearings and all these debates so that if, just because I'm, you know, if I'm working nine to five and I can't see these things and I want to come home at night and see what the legislature did or, or I'm researching legislation and seeing what's going on, I, I can go back and find this stuff. And uh, Senator Brewer brought the bill last year uh, it cleared committee, got to the floor, but he, he said at that point in time that it ran out of time. Uh, the, the legislature never got, just got to it. Uh, this year, the committee heard it. I presume it's going to leave, get out of committee and go to the floor, and they'll probably have, you know, first of all, it's a longer session uh, as opposed to last year. Uh, my guess is that it will get to the floor, and there will be a, dis- a debate and a, and a vote. Uh, and, and there's two there's two sort of boogeymen out there on this thing. One is there's it, the, the the fiscal note the, the numbers crunchers in the Lincoln have examined this thing and I think it was like five hundred and seventy thousand uh, dollars 
uh, for the first couple of years as they get this thing going. But the but the question mark is going down the road when you store all this stuff because you're talking about you're talking a lot of video mm-hmm. uh, that would be stored uh, in, in the cloud someplace, and and what cost would that come to? And 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 nobody knows because that's a, with with artificial intelligence and everything that's, that that changes day to day in the IT world. Nobody knows how these costs are going to change. There there there's every belief they're going to go down significantly uh over time and because everything gets condensed and and the video is not as big as it was because it's all it's formulated differently so you're not storing as much uh raw video as you as, as you have to look at it so there's there's that question and then it was raised during the um, the hearing about the legislative video so now I'm running against some state senator and I dig into the archives and find something that he said on some bill uh you know, a couple of years ago, uh, and I popped it into my, you know, my campaign commercial to run against him. Uh, there was that, that issue was raised. The clerk of the legislature noted that uh, other states that have tried to to put a, a kibosh on that, uh, they've been told, no, you can't do that. It, it's it's it violates freedom of speech. It's it's uh, unconstitutional to try and block that. So it appears it would be out there for use. And Senator Brewer. What he said when that came up was, "Hey, we're, we're, if we're here and we're talking about bills, maybe we should be held accountable for what yeah. we say." And basically, it winds up in a campaign commercial. It winds up in a campaign commercial, um, and you know, I, I do think it's almost impossible to stop that stuff. I mean, to be honest with you, Nebraska could they could try to. They could try to write that into the legislation, which I don't think they're going to do, but they could try to write that into the legislation, and somebody's going to pull that up, put it in a commercial, and by the time the fight is over, the campaign's over, and that commercial has either been effective or ineffective because of that that piece of video. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure it's a slam dunk that that'd be a bad thing if you could if you could do that. To be honest, so well, and I, to be honest with you, Jack, I can't figure out why you shouldn't be able to. I yeah. mean, if a, if if a, if, a, if a state senator, governor, whomever, public official in a public body gets up and says something, if I can run the quote, which of course I can, always, right. you know, write the quote out, why can't I run the video yeah. to actually see the person saying what they're saying? I agree. I agree. All right. Hey, great to talk to you, Joe. Great information. Look forward to talking again next week. Have a good one. All right. You too, Jack. Take care. Here you go. Joe Jordan, News Channel, Nebraska. 727 Sports is next on KLIN. I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. All right, without any further ado, let's get them started and let's count them down. Number five. A gunman who opened fire at Michigan State University in Lansing killed three, wounded five others. It's been confirmed that they were all students at MSU. And an hours-long manhunt as students hid in classrooms. Police said early uh, this morning the shooter did kill himself. They don't know why the 43-year-old man targeted the campus. 
Um, they have identified him. We're not going to give the name, though, just to let it... Oh, they out. have now? They, they did identify okay. him at a news conference this morning. It began at an academic building, later moved to the student union, and uh, law enforcement heavy presence. Uh, everything's been canceled on campus. Campus basically shut down, I believe, for, what, 48 hours? 48 hours, yeah. yeah. All campus activities. There you All have. right, and and apparently uh, no connection. I think you might have said there's no connection between this 43 year old and the university that was known to police when they had their briefing on this. And so, why it would happen, we don't know. Um, but again, another another incidents this happen, and we've got nobody really with a solution, at least a solution that can and get any kind of any kind of significant momentum behind it among a coalition of people so and unless there's some to just know this scenario and be used to the scenario over and over again in our country unless there's some manifesto somewhere or they find some social media posts yeah. uh with the uh, shooter dead they probably never will find out yeah. what the motivating factor was all right moving on Number four. Protests yesterday at the city council meeting, the Niskathi prayer camp protests. Uh, they're continuing to protest the development of about 75 acres south of Wilderness Park. Uh, several of the protesters took their five minutes of public comment time before the city council to stand in silence, saying basically that what the city council and the mayor have done with this project is silence the Native Americans. They returned the uh, favor so to speak you know it might sound like all glitz and glory being on the city council or being the the mayor but these are the decisions where that you earn your salary i guess with these sorts of things because you've still got despite the fact that I think the hope was from the city is that there were concessions made by the developer. There were, you know, there was um, there was an outlot that was kept over near the property. There was a fence that was erected, but there's still concerns, obviously, from those who protested and and those who commented in front of the city council um, that I think that the land's being developed at all on one hand, and then I think the other that. The other concern is that their appeals are not being heard or taken more seriously. And then uh, an interesting one that I read about in the Channel 8 story was that um, there was even just a, a request to say, hey, we're afraid when we do these ceremonies on the private land, on the separate private land, that they're going to be so loud and that they're going to make such a ruckus that we're going to have the police called on us by the people who are living in this building. And we need to have more of a distance between the two of them to be able to even do that without interrupting what they're doing. And so there are a multitude of arguments here at this point. But, you know, the the bottom line here now is, Mark, is they've they've signed off on a decision on this to go forward with adjustments, adjustments that arguably aren't aren't enough uh, or weren't right. And you also had the, you know, the. The people who are in front of the city council saying, hey, this should also be looked at in the context of the history of the U.S. government or governmental entities within the U.S. and Native Americans and and land, essentially. Now, again, pointing out that it's about the, the land, the private land where the sweat lodge is, the ceremonial land, is nearby the land that is being developed. 
That's, I mean, that's the issue. It is not that they are developing the land, the, the, the private land that where those things are located right now, but that it's nearby, and the belief is that it could have some interference with the rituals that were done there previously and have been done previously. So, uh, did, did a little background reading here. I, I don't recall exactly the, the which article it was that I read, but this is actually, this land being developed has been under the uh, city's long-range development plan since early 2000s. Like yeah, 2000, like 2002. So the opportunity for uh, the Native Americans or other private uh, people to buy the land has been there as well. I mean, this is some of the argument for the development of it. And when uh, uh, Manzitos uh, bought the property from the Lincoln Diocese Catholic Church, uh, they went through the process to go ahead and develop it under the city's expansion and, and housing and, and development plans, and then made some concessions. So, you know, it's kind of a... It, is is this a case where the water is already under the bridge and you're not going to get it back? Maybe. I I mean, I think yeah. so. I think that, that is the answer. That would be the Here, indication. Anyway. Here's why I wouldn't be a good city council person on this. I would say, yeah. I kind of get why both sides feel that the way that they do. I kind of understand why both sides feel that the way they do on this, but you've got to sit make a decision one way or the other, and that's the hard part about this whole thing. But I don't. I think the question is, just in terms of in terms of making significant changes to the decision that has been made in terms of the development happening at all. I think that bell has been rung. I just don't. I. I, I now, is there is there some leeway still? Is there some room to make additional compromises, make additional plans within the development to make it more palatable to to those who are using the the sweat lodge land? I mean, I don't know. I don't I know don't if either. that's possible anymore. But that was one of the things that was that was brought up as well. But yeah, it's not a. Maybe there are people out there listening who's like, yeah, well, it's obviously it's obviously one way or the other. It's obviously developers got the land; they can do with their land, uh, or that that the the land that's adjacent or being or, or impacting the the sacred land should not be able to do that. If you've got a clear, easy answer on this, I'd be interested in and in, in how you and how you were able to arrive to it and, and feel particularly com- com- comfortable with it. Now, the other thing I would say is, we do, I mean, it's one argument to make, and it's one that I've probably said here, at least, is that, look, everybody is, everybody's got access to the land that they own, right? Right. Uh, no, I mean, that's not changing. Every, nobody is having the land that they own or that they use taken away from it. The, the I believe it's called, um, I believe it's called Fish Farm. Uh, which is the, the private land where the sweat lodge is. That's it's private land. The Catholic diocese owned the other land. They sold it to the Mancitos. Everybody's got what they've got. But, I mean, the truth of the matter is, we zone things. We don't, even if you own the land, doesn't mean you can build, in other places of the city, doesn't mean that you can build whatever you want on that land, Right. obviously. And sometimes the purpose of the surrounding land impacts what you can and can't build on it. Right? Yes. Like, there are distances that you can build, I believe, uh, places that sell liquor from a church, for instance. Um, I, I believe that's that's uh, one of the one of the rules that's on the books. I'm sure there are other ones. We've had these disputes before for these sorts of things. So, 
Um, yeah. Not an easy decision, but I, there's a part of me that thinks I sounds like this train is just kind of down the tracks here at this point with the development. You're not going to be able to change much, or they're not going to change much from what they've already decided. Number three. Tensions yesterday during testimony at LB 575. That bill, of course, the sp- uh, spaces and sports, or sports and spaces uh, is the way it's called. Uh, the uh, N- N- Nebraska School Activities Association sponsored uh, athletics. Their policy right now is to allow transgender students to participate in sports that match their gender identity and allow cross-gender participation if girls do not have a same or comparable sport. LB-575 would do away with that and not allow um, biological at birth boys to compete in biological girls sports and vice versa. It also would uh, make the locker rooms and changing facilities specific to the gender at birth. Okay. Um, the NSAA has a policy on this right now, by the way. Yes. Gender-based participation, I've got it pulled up. A student's gender for purposes of eligibility for NSAA-sponsored athletic activities shall be determined by the sex noted on the student's birth certificate. Cross-gender participation. Girls may participate on boys' teams when there's no girls' sport or comparable sport, i.e. softball and baseball, or the team offered in that sport by the member school. Boys are not allowed to play girls' sports or on girls' teams, even when there's no corresponding boys' sport. A transgender student participation. The NSA gender participation policy only addresses bona fide transgender students and does not altering the foregoing cross-gender participation rule. Okay. So, um, so they they've they've are they do have a policy on this. The state would like to get in there and. And this maybe applies to different levels where the NSA, NSAA doesn't have any kind of um, dominion over here at this point. And maybe that's worth noting with this whole thing is, as well. But the, And I asked this yesterday, and I, I do wonder, and I, I guess it doesn't mean that it shouldn't be discussed, but I do wonder how much of an issue this has been so far. Like, is this how, has this been something that's come up and been controversial in the state of Nebraska and been an issue in the state of Nebraska so far. I, I, I have not heard of any, but it has that. been an issue in other parts fe- of the country. I have a feeling it would be a giant story if it did. Frankly. Right. So. I'm just, I'm so very curious what the, what the difference would be at, if I go to a random East Pius game and insert sport, what's the difference between this legislation passing versus what the NSAA already has on the books? Yeah. Like, like uh, what what does it effectively do that doesn't just put it into, it makes it so that it's on, on the state books and it's not just the NSAA can change something down the road? Right. Is, yes. is, that, is that the only difference? Yes. And then there's a procedure where they can go, there's, there's basically, they make a, uh, the, that's the general rule, they can make a motion if they're a transgender student and the NC, NSA adjudicates it on a case-by-case basis. No, no, it's... It, this all would would render the NSAA uh, rule non-compliant. Yeah, they couldn't. I mean, they couldn't make a ruling that would go against it through right. their existing process. And right now, process. the policy does allow transgender student athletes if they go through this. Yeah, it sounds right. like if they go through this process. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So it it would change that policy. Okay. Yeah. It would. So I don't know. <laughs> I, Talk about issues that I uh, are above my pay grade for 
for making these sorts of decisions. Um, I mean, I, I've got, I've got thoughts on every side of it to some degree when it comes to some of these. Not necessarily because I probably think one thing is right, but I also think there are impacts of what I think is is right, and I don't know if they're worth it. So, policy making can be hard. Number two. LB-168 also uh, hearing testimony yesterday. Former Husker coach Tom Osborne urging lawmakers not to allow betting on uh, home football games, Husker games, and other in-state matches played by Nebraska College and university teams. Uh, So that was all part of the testimony yesterday. I believe that uh, uh, bill is to kind of undo... In the gam- state gambling, um, yeah, there's the rule rules that, that, rules said, that said that you yeah. could that we have gambling, but you couldn't yeah. include home games. And, and this was in it, which I don't. 168s from Senator Elliott Bostar of Lincoln, and it would uh, basically open up gambling in the state for in-state games. For in-state games, correct. One of the quotes that because uh, I didn't see the testimony, but the Omaha World Herald had it, and it was from Tom Osborne. Quote, I would ask that you at least protect our Nebraska athletes. Yeah, it was in a le- it was and, a written testimony right. that he submitted. Yeah. But it's a what protect from what? That like the these vets like if, if there was sports gambling already happening with these games, whether they're in Lincoln or elsewhere, those were already going to happen. You already have to go in person. That's the way the, the rules are set up and they don't have any of the sports books open yet, but the way they're Stated is you would have to go in person to do those to do those bets, which in Iowa that accounts for only five percent of their bets statewide. Ninety five percent are mobile. They're already being bet on. They just wouldn't be bet on and say, "Oh, and by the way, you can grab." Now, one thing you can do is you can grab your phone, and you know what you can do? Go across the border. That's not well, even what I was well. Actually, say. for a lot of them, you can just do you, right here. You can play daily fantasy, uh-huh. which is betting. Yes. This is the same thing that I was talking about with the marijuana thing. Like, do people not realize all of the stuff that is currently available that is so similar to the thing that you're saying is just like a a terrible thing to have in policy? uh, We have got a... I know people just aren't familiar with these things. You can get a phone and an app in Nebraska and gamble your money on Daily Fantasy. What does that mean? It does. It's basically instead of the outcome of the game, it's how well individual players do. Which, by the way, probably would be more stressful on the individual players if you were really going to go down that <laughs> right, road, right? As opposed to just a team do a minus three or something. Yeah. yeah. Honest question, by the way, has there been a single Nebraska athlete gone forward and say that this will add pressure to them performing? Just, uh, on, I, I haven't seen it, so I'm, I'm no, like, it's an honest it wouldn't. question. It wouldn't. That that would seem for because the, they've already got it. The bell's already been rung. I know, but that would be the if you are an opponent of this, you go get random athlete X and say, "Come testify that this will add undue pressure to your." Yeah, they should actually get an athlete who says that. Honestly, because if I'd you like don't, to hear that. and all you're doing is speaking for them, and they are adults, your argument goes also, away. If we're doing this thing in part, part of the reason that we're... Listen, I, I, I wasn't saying you needed to have legalized gambling in the state, but you do at this point. I would say if you're going to do it, all right, let's not eschew the biggest revenue creator of this entire thing when it comes to sports gambling, which is games that are in the state. Why are we, you know, yeah. cutting off one of our arms on this entire thing? 
for reasons that don't seem to be that don't seem yeah. to make sense. Are we out of time? No, we could probably sneak in one real Jeez, quick. Okay. We were really going long on these things yeah. today. A lot of issues, man. Number one. Should I just pick one of the four? Do the top one. <laughs> uh, spring trading opens Monday in Florida and Arizona. Lots of new changes like pitch clocks, limits on defensive shifts, larger bases. All of that coming up next week. And, and they officialized the thing that you have to have a runner on second base when you start extra innings, which they started a couple of years ago. I hate it. Do you hate it, Caleb? Yeah, I thought it was. I, I don't think it, it works in baseball the way that we've seen it work in softball. You know, I well, I'd rather have it end in a tie after four innings or something if they don't want games to go on than that. <laughs> I said it. There you go. Can't it's ag- your sister. Can't agree on gambling. Can't agree on Not baseball. Not on anything. Can't agree on <laughs> holding on calls in football. Any, I didn't give a good opinion on any. Well, I did on the gambling one and none of the other ones. All right, seven fifty eight. <laughs> it's L N K today with Jack and friends on K L I N. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back. It is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Glad to have you back with us today. And... We are three days away from the Munch Madness Selection Show. Woo! And we know a lot of you who are listening uh, get very excited about this, and we're glad about that. We appreciate that. We do, too. And a lot of you are thinking about the places you want to make sure get nominated for Munch Madness coming up on Friday during the entirety of the show. How it works is if you're, if you're new to the show, it's a bracket of 64 local restaurants, and the, sh- the selection day is where all the placements in the bracket get decided they get decided simply by the amount of support that each restaurant gets so we take calls texts facebook posts tweets uh emails um linkedin messages we don't take linkedin messages uh we we take all of those i guess if you have my linkedin Uh, uh, caleb's got snapchat (laughs) if you have him on snapchat i guess you could do that uh but but we take all of them we kind of make an amalgamation on who we hear people want to see in on that day and it was just not i mean i'll be honest it is not a perfect it is not a perfect way to go through this i mean the perfect way would be to get an a fantastic food critic to go and eat at every restaurant in the city of Lincoln and then sit down and rank them all and then make the field that way. But that's not what this is. We don't have the time or the resources to do this. Also, that'd be kind of boring. It's a snapshot. (laughs) It's a snapshot. Some years, restaurants that we all feel like should make it in, don't make it in, right? Mm Kind of like Mm -hmm. uh, in the NCAA, some years, basketball, Kentucky might not make the NCAA basketball tournament this year. A little bit surprising. Probably going to make it a whole lot of other years, but they may not. So that's that's number one. Number two is who is eligible? And here's where I want some thoughts from you guys (laughs) on this to, to text into this, because there's always a little bit of confusion of it. Now, I can give you a generalized idea of of who is eligible, but when you put that in practice, the letter of the law raises some questions. Now, the 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 general rule for who is eligible is local restaurants. Local restaurants in and around Lincoln. Mm-hmm. So I could say that, 
and you're going to bring me something and you're going to say, well, wait, does, does this restaurant qualify? Does Runza qualify? Well, no, the way that we've defined a local restaurant so far is a restaurant that has its roots in Lincoln or the local the local area. And then we have to define the local area. We'll, we'll, but get, we'll, to we'll get to that. We'll get to that in into our into our local area. So they, they started here. They originated here. It's not a it's not a location of a place that started somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So it started here. And then also one that has not become a regional chain. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what does that mean? The regional chain rule really only applies to some very obvious things. Yes. It applies to Valentino's, Runza, and Amigos. Yep. Am I think am I missing any others? Those are probably the main ones. Where they are, in fact, restaurants that started here. Uh each of them have had, has had their success in Munch Madness, by the way, over the years in previous years. But even Runza themselves said they don't want to be in it. So mm-hmm. they want to they want to shine the spotlight on on some of the local more mom and pop places, which is very cool. We appreciate yeah. that. Um, and so, yes. So we, that's that that that's the low that's the chain that's the uh, chain situation. Now, on that specific issue, first. Oh, you only said three restaurants there. Uh, I mean, and, and and truly, text me in if you're thinking of any other one that it would disqualify. Now, we have ruled for the last two years of this that there was a fourth restaurant that would have been excluded because of that. Mm-hmm. And it has made one of our particular listeners very disappointed, and he has not been bashful to express that. We're talking <laughs> to you, Ben. I hope Ben's listening right now. Uh, somebody, If you know Ben, tell him to tell him that he needs to listen to this podcast after the fact I had said and made a ruling an executive ruling. And I think you agreed with me mm-hmm. that daily owns was not eligible because I put them in the same group with runs amigos Valentinos as a local chain. They've got locations in Crete, which is, which is may end up being in the area. They've got locations in Sioux city, Iowa. Mm-hmm. Got locations in Omaha, North Platte. They got location, I think, a location in North Platte. That sounds like that looks more like Amigos or Runza than it does, you know, whatever. Honest like, names. Laszlo's is one where there's a Laszlo's in Omaha, yeah, yeah, yeah. but the, but I don't think of Laszlo's as a regional chain or Honest Names. I don't even know if they've got one outside of the. The area, but they, like, yeah, like they have it's a the, number of. Them, it's yeah. not that you can't have one outside of the geographic area or two outside of the geographic area, but at some point it becomes kind of a chain thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, we did some research on this, and it was just accidental that we did this <laughs> in in looking at daily owns. So evidently, did you know? I did not know this. Maybe everybody in Lincoln knows this. Do you know that there are two daily owns? Like, do you remember when Okie Joe's came to Omaha, Oklahoma Joe's, and I was like, well, there's two Oklahoma Joe's. There's two, you know, there's the uh-huh. there's the gas station one, and there's the more chain one. There are two De Leon's. There's one called De Leon's Mexican Food, and there's one called De Leon's Taco Rico. Okay? Mm-hmm. If you go and do your research on their website, and I feel ashamed I didn't know this, but De Leon's Mexican Food comprise only the De Leon's 
on West O, which I think is the OG, and then the one on North 27th. The rest of the De Leon's are De Leon's Taco Rico's. Now, from doing some, some research on this, they are different entities. Yeah, they now, they have, they're based from the same ownership family. I haven't gone through and looked at the Secretary of State's corporate papers to see if it's a different individual or LLC or something that owns each of them. But they have also have different menus, different prices. Did you guys know this? Well, and it's directly on the the Daily Owns Mexican Food website. Yeah, what's the read the website to me. Quoting this, today there are many Daily Owns in town, but our Daily Owns Mexican food are separate from the other Daily Owns Taco Ricos. So, if I'm understanding this right, Caleb, I think I need to admit that perhaps we've made a mistake and we owe Ben an apology for our decisions on this the last two years. I believe that if these two are in fact separate entities, uh-huh. that De Leon's Mexican food is fully eligible for the bracket. 100%. De Leon's Taco Rico is not eligible for the bracket. Correct. As a regional chain. Correct. Did people know this? Was this common knowledge? I had no I had no I mean I knew they had multiple locations. I knew especially that one on West O kind of feels a little different than the different ones and the newer ones, like right. the one on North Forty Eighth and the one on South Forty Eighth. But what does everyone literally say when they talk about it? They just say De Leon's. De Leon's, but there's De Leon's Mexican food, there's De Leon's Taco Rico. And I am of the belief right now that De Leon's Mexican food is eligible with two locations. One of which was the OG in Lincoln, mm-hmm. definitely in the geographic area. Both of them in the city limits of Lincoln. I think they're eligible this year. They're absolutely eligible, and I apologize. So, so their postseason ban has been lifted. Y- uh, yes, yeah. They're, they they it, became. It's kind of like they reclassified. Well, the the, from, the the committee's investigation has now come to a close. Right. They reclassified from semi-pro to a true college team somehow, (laughs) if you want to think about it that way, and they are back in, okay? That's my decision right now. If you disagree with me, make the case, but my unless something changes my mind, I'm not going to make an individual decision on every restaurant in the city, but this one has been a particularly controversial one. Uh Daily owns Mexican food. Not necessarily in. They may not get the votes. They may not get the support, but they are eligible. Yeah, they're eligible to they take the votes. are eligible for this. Are there any other questions on that specific one? We have um, we, Baylor's taking the day off, so I, I may need some more time to talk about the ge- ge- geographic yeah. one. But are there any other questions on the text line or from you, Caleb, about the definition of pending the discussion in the geographic area, what qualifies as a local restaurant have i been clear enough about um that? so there's there are a couple in here that are a little bit on the the geographic question okay we'll uh, get to but that. but one of them that chris and olatha brings up on the rick stein recognition text line is he's saying and it's not so much a local question more of just an overall eligibility no more than three locations not counting a food truck no more than three locations, not counting a food truck. So who would that put in danger of not 
not being in. Laszlo's would have, Laszlo's has, they just have one in Omaha, right? So that's three total. That's three total, I think. Two in Lincoln, right? Mm-hmm. One in Omaha. So they would probably be okay. Oh, you know who'd be in trouble then? I'm pretty sure. Would Honest Abe's be out then? I think Honest, uh, does, uh, let, let me look at, let, let me look it up. I want to say they have. Honest Abe's, I believe, has three. Just three? Yeah. Is there, um, I mean, I'm open to considering that, but like, they should be, is there any, any restaurant that I could say where you would be like, no, that's a quintessential local restaurant that matches the spirit of this thing that has more than, uh, that so, has more than So I three. believe Taco Win has three locations. Taco Win. has four locations. Taco Win has more than three. And they've been it in the past. Yep. Um, you've also got Da Vinci's. Da Vinci's three, more than three locations. Brewski's. Yes. Brewski's more than three locations. Wonder how many they have. Should, I mean, do we like that? Do we just want to make it? I think here's the thing, Caleb. I think my rule about not being a local chain or a regional chain covers that mostly, doesn't it? Right. Or do you not? To me, it's more regional chain, not not local chain. If you're a, like local chain, we've absolutely allowed in the past right. by being you're still Brewski's right has here. three. Brewski's okay. has three now. Because they don't have the one on South Street anymore, right? right? So they have they have three. So they would be in on that. What was the other one you said? Da Vinci's. Da Vinci's. Um, they have. I'm working on a two year old email from you when we talked about yeah, this da, two years ago. Da Vinci's has uh, five. So Da Vinci's would be out under that. Yeah. I don't know. If, has Da Vinci's made? Has da, I don't remember them being in last year. Da Vinci's would be one that fit that is not a regional chain, as far as I know. But w- if we limited it to three locations, that would be that would be an issue. There's got to be a couple more though. I feel like there's got to be a couple more that would fall under that thing where there are more, right? More than three. Yeah, if there's Maybe, others out there. I just don't. I think we're dealing with such as Da Vinci's is the best example that I have of that right now. If Brewski's only has three. Yeah, if you cut it off at three or less, not counting food truck, like, we're, we're really talking about like one or two places. A lot of these places have two, like the oven has two, Yeah, for instance. Um, yeah, I don't know. Honest, Honest Abe's only has three, so that'd be okay. Catherine says Honest Abe's has four. Okay, I just Googled it, but maybe I'm... Maybe I'm downtown. I trust Catherine more than downtown you. Downtown North 27th Meadow Lane. Yeah, she's right. Okay. And, and 84th. That's four. See, they. I definitely think they should be in. I definitely think that that's not. We have a Da Vinci's across the street, okay? Like, literally, I can see them out the window. Is If, I'm, if I set <laughs> the number at five, would there be anybody that would be newly excluded that no. isn't already excluded, though? No. We're talking about Honest Dave's. We're talking about Da Vinci's. And both of those, We're to me, talking. say Lincoln. Yeah. Help me, guys. Am I forgetting one? There's got to be something I'm still forgetting here. That would be a fully locally encapsulated restaurant, but may have more than three, four, or five locations okay. in the city. As we talk about the eligibility, Dealer Dave brings up one, and I know we've talked about it before, but Dealer Dave says on the Rick Sign Recognition text line, does it have to serve a meal 
do ice cream bakeries, popcorn shops make yeah. the cut? Yeah. And I say yes. Those, I say yes. I think our rule on that, and and tell me if you guys agree, but my ruling on that, like uh, we had, uh, we had the UNL Dairy Store. Yes, we did. Made it two years ago, mm-hmm. which I fully support. Absolutely, a local. I would say a local eatery. Yeah. Is what I would we, say. We, we say restaurants, but we're just, do, are they serving you some food? I would say, well, in the gas station, you know? Norm's on 48. Yeah. I would say as long as there is a, a edible menu available where the food is made at that place. Yes. Does that sound fair? Yeah. Edible menu available where, where huh, when I say edible Ma- menu available, be careful. Made and with served that. there. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's made made and served there. All right. We Okay, so we'll, we got to get final rulings before the show is over on that. Guys, if you have thoughts on location, that's the most controversial. That's the hardest one. We'll get into that in 10 minutes because we've got John Baylor <laughs> off today. It's 826 on KLIN. Why do you listen to KLIN? Let us know with a voice message in the free KLIN app. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. We are having our annual board of directors meeting for the Munch Madness selection show where we discuss with you, the listeners, the people who own Munch Madness, exactly what the parameters are because it's important you got to have rules when you make decisions quick fire like we do on Friday about who is eligible and who is not. And while we do want to be very inclusive, we also want it to be a true read of local restaurants that you all are the ones who would be most likely to patronize in in the area. So, uh, we, can we close that first discussion first, though, or do you want to? Do you have anything yeah. else on the first discussion? As in, as in what? When defining local, uh, how and and not being a chain, not being a regional chain. Um, a started in Lincoln. Are we good with that? By the way, started in Lincoln. There was I know there's always one particular restaurant that started in Omaha, but has one location here. That's like Don but, and Millie's. Donna Millie's would be one. They have a lot of okay. That's yeah. Are we are we okay with staying with it started in Lincoln? Yes. It had to start in. I there's think another so. one. Um, there's another one where they really that, that the restaurant's been pushing to uh, to get in there, and I'm forgetting the name of it right now. But uh-huh. it was one of those newer ones over by South Point a couple years ago. So that and then number two is I don't think we need to have a limit of locations. Um, I I think we just are defining Runza, Valentino's, Amigos, mm-hmm. and De Leon's Taco, Taco Rico, Rico as regional chains, mm-hmm. and I think they would all define themselves as such. I don't think there's anyone else in that group, so beyond those four, I think we would say if you started in Lincoln, even if you've got five locations in Lincoln, i.e. Da Vinci's. Mm-hmm. You are still eligible. Even if you start in Lincoln, you have a location in Omaha, i.e. Laszlo's, you're still okay. Mm-hmm. That So I think that's where I am. Is everybody okay with that? I believe Are so. you okay? I, if you have major that. objections with that, let me know. But I think that's that's basically, really the only change from the last two years on that is that we've added um, added talk, uh, uh, De Leon's Mexican food into not a, lo- not a regional chain. Right. And then one more thing. And then the other thing is that you serve food that you make, serve food that is made in-house, right? So Dana actually had a text about that. She said, that eliminates Dairy Store. It's uh, made at um, NIC store on East Campus, unless we're counting UNL as a location. If I order a chocolate malt 
at the dairy store. They're making it there. Right. It's not prepackaged. Well, in, in, in my, my response to the if text If I order a Sunday, they're the ice. I mean, it's the same thing. Fine. It's the same thing with Honest Abe's, but they're not killing the cow there. Right. You know what I mean? I, I'm considering, what, what are we looking at? Are we looking at getting super technical within it? Or are we just, what, what's the spirit of the rule? It's spirit prepared of the rule is, there. Like, you go there to order it and eat it. And, it's prepared there. Yeah. It's prepared. It's not pre. It doesn't come ready to eat from somewhere else. How's that sound? And and a lot of their items at dairy store. Hey, Ben has just texted us. Somebody told Ben. Yeah. How's he feeling right now? Um, uh, says it's going to change up his campaign strategy greatly. But okay. you got to remember, Ben, it's not Taco Rico. It's Mexican food. It's, yes. Okay. Yeah. And, and and real quick, there's been a little norms on 48th pushback, and it's all by people that I would suspect have never been there. Right? Yeah, have never been there, or they're just hearing secondhand. Oh, a gas station one. It is not It is not 99.9% of other gas stations. You know, even Casey's has good, well, some people think they have good pizza, or or, or the Hy-Vee, they make, the pizza's actually, okay. they make pizza. food in those places. Norms on 48th, they've, they've got a fryer, they've got a smoker, they're making, they do catering, okay? For the love of goodness, it's not... Unless you've actually been there and you have an idea of what they do. They didn't win this last year with hot dogs on a roller, guys. Absolutely not. I mean, they have a, a pulled pork that they do in a smoker in the back. They I were mean, doing ribs. Ribs, yeah. It's the, they're, they are definitely, they definitely qualify. Now, if you didn't like that they won, oh, so what? Okay, I mean, vote differently at that point. But I do not, I do not buy the argument that they are should be ineligible. Okay. D- yes. Dave, no. Grocery store delis at Hy-Vee. Hy- Hy-Vee would be a regional chain? Hy-Vee would be a regional chain, so they're out. Yeah. Sorry. But if you have, if you think a Russ's, I guess if you think a Russ's deli does a great job, I guess they would be eligible. I don't think they're going to win, but if you think a Russ, that's, that's not a real pitfall there. Hy-Vee is absolutely not eligible because they're uh, dev, dev, they didn't start here. They're a regional chain. So yeah. get that out. <laughs> get that complaint out. Um, okay. We got to talk. Location. All right. Lo- so location, we're good on geography. the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah. Geography. What? When we say it, it, it's locations have to be in the area. One year we did, we took basically a, a radius around 44th and Owen broadcast yep. house just for arguments. Because we're kind of in the center of Lincoln here, where our studios are. And so we set a number. I don't even remember what the number was, to be honest. I thought it was like 30? 31? What, what, it was a, I think it was a round number. Um, if, you, if you made it 30, that sort of thing, I mean, you are including, like, you're still not including Beatrice, but you're getting uh, Bennett, you're getting Eagle, you're getting Walton, you are getting... Uh, let's see. Are you getting? You're getting Elmwood. Um, you are getting Greenwood. Are you getting Ashland? If you do that, if you do thirty, let's see. Like, yeah, you're getting Ashland. You're getting Valparaiso. You're getting Milford. You're getting Seward. You're getting Crete. I hate to do this because I I hate this one. I hate this one. Right, because no matter where you kind of put the cutoff, it's like you're you're leaving out one or two. And then I think another year we've done Lancaster County. Last year we just did Lancaster County, I believe. But if you do just Lancaster 
county, you're leaving out. Uh, let's see, who did we say you were leaving out? If you do, um, Soresco, uh, mean, Eagle. Yeah, yeah, you're leaving out. There's a there's a few places where would be more local, uh, you know, outside of Lancaster County than than that would be. So here's my suggestion on that. You, I mean, do, should Seward be in? I don't know. I honestly don't know. But what if you did Lancaster County plus plus fifteen miles? I would say or Lancaster County or or or, or fifteen miles. That's that's the number I'm coming up with now. So that gets you that gets you Eagle to the to the east. Uh let's see, fifteen miles to the north that gets you that does get you Raymond, that gets you Davy. I think they're out of the count or they're out of the county, right? If it's fifteen, it doesn't quite get to Soresco. Uh you'd have to go to seventeen, at least from this measuring point. To the west, that would get you. It would not. It would not get you Milford. It would get you Denton. It would get you Malcolm. I know some of these places I'm saying are in the county. It would get you Malcolm. Um, it would not get you Seward. But I don't know. I kind of. That's kind of my sense. What do the textures think? The the whole county plus fifteen miles or anything fifteen miles from the city of Lincoln. Well. So I know Southern Snow texted in earlier asking, like before the show, asking if something in Soresco would count, would be in. Um, Jim came in earlier in the show and said, local is the area covered by a strong KLIN AM signal. That, I mean, you can get a decent KLIN signal, signal on some days in West Omaha, so. Yes, you can get most of the way to Fremont. You can get David City. You can get to the line on York County. Yeah, that's... You are getting almost to Plattsmouth. I have listened to... Good to I mean, it, some days it's not always like that, but I've listened to KLIN in Omaha. So, over the air. So, I don't know if that... That's too wide. That's definitely too wide to do that. Is that a broadcast map that you... Have, like a, Yeah. Is, is there a narrower... Are there different bands? So there's on that? so the the inside ring that you can see um, that I'm referencing. This is what is the local signal. Okay. The distant signal is the sometimes you can get that. Okay. And the fringe signal that goes all the way to uh, St. Paul in Central Nebraska, uh, west of Grand Island. No. Um, okay. You no, you got to have a nighttime. You gotta all the way have... south uh, past Marysville, Kansas. Okay. Yeah. What's on the red? What What would be the borders of the red one? The, and the that's that's the first one. one that I said where okay. it's almost Omaha. You can hit David yeah, City in the northwest. Much. Sorry, that's too much. Yeah. Um. I I I still I I. I think I I think Lancaster County plus 15 miles maybe it's 15 miles from any border of Lancaster I, I would, County I would word it or 15 miles because if you say pl- I, I keep saying that I mean or right every, I, yeah every I, time I, I know what that, you mean. I mean or um because otherwise I'm going to go the border of Lancaster County and add 15 miles but like if it it seems if we do that like Soresco Soresco is one of the places you're doing that for, right? 
and 15 wouldn't be enough, depending on where you take the measurement from. If it's 15, if it's 15 from any place in the city of Lincoln, uh, then that would be true. Right. Then you uh, could do that. <laughs> Wendy came in with one on the Rick Stein recognition text line. Yes. Lincoln only. Lincoln city limits only. Lincoln city limits. Make that your border. I'm not going to say it hasn't been discussed. I, I'd i be fine with it because it's very easy. Um, But I also know we've got people who there would it would make it would make some people very mad, which we're going to do no matter what, I think, with this thing. There's no doubt about it, because how many of the let's call them the, the, the small town entries do we typically get? It's less than five. Right. Well, but they're always. But they have a strong following. A strong I get that. Fo- Hallam Steakhouse last year. Hallam Steakhouse was all over the place. What, uh, two years ago, it was that Genoa Food Company. Uh, other year, I mean, they're, we had a place in Waverly win it. We had a place in Eagle win it. When they were still down there, there was Back Metal Grill. Metal Grill in Hickman. When they were in Hickman. So I don't. I know. I there's a part of, there's a part of me that agrees with her. It's just like, you know what, Lincoln only. But, but I know we've got Liz. But we got you know we've got a listener. I know we got a texter from Elmwood, for instance. Right, mm-hmm. we know that. We've got texters from uh, texters and listeners in the Hickman area. This one's so hard. I also know. Now, this could be said for a number of different places that'll make the bracket that are in the middle of Lincoln and literally nowhere else. The small town ones, I just don't think are going to win either. And this isn't about winning the bracket. It's true, but they have. Okay, not in the field of 64. In the, in the they they won when there was a field of, what, 8 or yeah. 16? What, uh, what, if my, I, I, uh, what if I do the the... The 15 miles, the, the, or maybe it's just the 15 mile radius. Maybe that's it. We forget the entire, we don't do the whole county thing. Oh, what, uh, we just do 15 miles from anywhere in the city. Where would that, that does get Milford, like that gets Milford in. That does not probably get Seward in, although it's close. Uh, that does, you know, it makes Eagle safe. That makes, um, that makes Hickman safe. That would make Hallam safe, I assume. Roca. I don't know how many places are, are going to be in there from these places, but that probably makes them safe. If you do, let, let me do 15, 15 miles to the south here. Um, let me do, sorry. I'm having a distance. The technology. Here. Yeah, the technology is keeping me so. 15 minutes from, or 15 miles. From the south, the southern part of Lincoln would get you down to Cortland, Firth, Hallam. Hallam would be in there. Uh, I know there's no restaurants in Holland that are getting in. <laughs> uh, Bennett would Bennett would make it. Palmyra would make it. Maybe that's it. Well, we no, actually not. That's what you're saying is wrong from what I'm saying now, Caleb. <laughs> there, there, I am looking now at I'm looking now at one from any portion of the city of Lincoln would be 15. So, God, this one kills me. 
This one kills me. Text in your thoughts now. Text in your thoughts now. We're gonna. I'm gonna make this as democratic as I possible with the people who pay attention. The the one I'm doing now is measuring from any. The one I'm just suggested is measuring from any part of the city limits. Fifteen miles from any part of the city limits. The caller said, "Just uh, take the center of Lincoln, which we would just call Forty Fourth and O." Yeah, I mean, it would probably be a little bit further west. Well, but he said just twenty miles. Hard limit on twenty miles. Okay. 20 miles from the the center. Hallam's right on the line for that one. Creed is in. Milford is just squeaks in probably uh, on going this way. Bennett's in. Bennett's in. Firth is probably out on that. Uh-huh. God. It's killing me, Caleb. It's killing me to do this. I, it's killing me. 20, 20 I, Milford's, yeah, I said Milford's in. Raymond's in. Is Soresco in on that one? Soresco is in. Soresco is in barely from the center of the city. Ashland is out. Ashland's too far. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why. I, I don't know why I'm taking a hard line on Ashland. We got one of our <laughs> listeners is from Ashland. Ashton's out, but Greenwood is in. Hey, one of our listeners is in Olathe, Kansas, okay? That's true. <laughs> That's true. Um, several texts coming in saying uh, saying Lincoln only. Um, that was for Mark K. Ryan says, if you have to drive more than 20 to 25 minutes, that's I agree. not local. I agree. That's why I'm saying, that's why, I'm, that's why we're doing okay. these 15, okay. 20 mile okay. things. It might take me 20 to 25 minutes to get across town. Well, yeah. If I'm going, to, <laughs> like, if I'm going to toast in Fallbrook, that'll right, take me 25 yeah. minutes from where I live. Uh, Southern Snow says, "I vote for whatever it takes to get Soresco in." <laughs> I wonder what he wants in Soresco. Um, occasional Brian says, uh, "20 miles is what I was going to suggest." 20 miles, because that's about how far you would drive from Lincoln. Plus, it includes. Okay, here's here's one. Dealer Dave, this might not be a bad one. Says instead of a radius. Just name the towns that are in. That's true. That, but that, but then it sounds it's potentially way more arbitrary. <laughs> we're gonna have people from Seward like, wait, Milford's in, but we're not. Yeah. Why is that exactly? Or or Soresco's in, but we're not. God, here we are. The segment's over, and I still don't have an answer or a plan. This is the hardest. One. The other one's easy. The other discussions are easy. Yeah. But where to put this line? And there's a... Here's the here's the truth. I shouldn't say this. But I want... It, since it's so much about Lincoln restaurants, I kind of want Lincoln restaurants to be the ones that win it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't... But I know there's really good ones outside, too. Just outside, too. And they're small businesses, just the same. And they probably have a bigger challenge. Well, and they, they probably get people from Lincoln driving out to their restaurants. 100%. 100%. People drive to York to go to Chances Are. Right. All right, I'm still working on this. Text me any thoughts. Help me through it. I have a lot of suggestions. I am leaning toward I am leaning toward a straight radius from the center of town. Last chance to get those thoughts in. We will we'll discuss and we will announce before Friday what the decision is on this. I know some of you won't make happy. That's just the reality of it. That's just the reality of it. All right, 855. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. 
You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, Kevin and I are still discussing this significantly. Another vote for 20 miles from the center of town. That's where I'm leaning right now. But the problem is, that's sort of an inexact thing, too. I'm using this tool on Google Maps to do it. Uh And, like, there are a bunch of towns where, like, Milford is right on the line then. Elmwood is right on the line then on that one. Uh, Soresco is safe in that one. And then if you go to the south on that one, Hickman is safe. Firth is right on the line. <laughs> I may, I use 27th and O as a center of town. Alright, hey, I gotta do a concert announcement here. Coming to the CHI Center, the Chicks bring their world tour with special guest Ben Harper to Omaha on Wednesday, August 30th. Tickets go on sale this Thursday, Feb 16 at 10 a.m. on tick, 10 a at Ticketmaster.com. Keep listening to LNK today for chances to win tickets to this and all the other great upcoming shows in our area. For more info, check out the event calendar at KLIN.com. See you tomorrow, 9 o'clock, KLIN Lincoln.